0: Hey everybody church, we miss you guys, we love you. Yes. We are actually, uh, in Sedona.
1: Oh, it's, it is so gorgeous. Visiting to our people. good friends. Mm-hmm.
0: And we, uh, we thought we'd say hello and do a quick video here. We're at 7,000 feet and we're we're in this cool spot and we're watching falcons dive after this. It's very, very cool. It but is. you just are amazed at the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we missed you guys, but we wanted to say hello. And uh, so this is the announcement video. So don't forget, um, fall festival's coming up, and we need candy. Uh, please bring in lots yeah. of candy, and we need volunteers. And you can do that on the app. Sign up on the app. Sign and bring up. the candy to church, and yes, you'll be yeah, yeah. Credit. So that'll be great, and that's going to be a great event. That's on the twenty eighth. So candy before then. And uh, I think that's it from here in Sedona. We love you guys. So it's time to get ready for church. So here we go. You ready? ready? Woo!
2: Wow. Good morning and welcome to our 930 service. We are so excited that you're here. We can't wait for you to join us as we worship the Lord in song. And then Pastor Doug has is giving us the message today and you know our series right the fight part 14 i can't
3: wait yay good morning good morning it is great to hear all your voices and see your faces i love i love just being in the room and like hearing all the conversations happening it's just a really good feeling i don't know but anyways glad to see you guys Looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in the event that you do not know. We start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Doug today. We are in the fight, part 14. And we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And it's really good. And uh, looking forward to it. But before we begin, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we come before you this morning and we are so grateful that you meet with us. So thankful that we can corporately gather together. We're here to celebrate you God and the things that you've done and the things that you're going to do. We're here with a spirit of expectation, God. Can't wait to see what you're going to do in us and through us today. So as we continue to press into the fight, God, keep our hearts and our ears opened, our hearts softened. We want to be good receivers of your word, God, and we want to lead here changed. Help us to draw closer to you, Papa. We love you. we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. lord god give your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world the flesh and the evil one and to follow you the only wise god with pure hearts and minds through jesus christ our lord amen chaplain doug
4: on the night he was betrayed jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen?
5: Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We'll see the words pop up on the screen so it'll be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit but stand if you're able. It's time to worship.
1: The space between where I used to be and the swarpening. I know I'll never be alone. Amen. Okay.
5: in your presence. You're so good to us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. We worship you. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we we get ready to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use the words, God, to stir up our hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, O God. You are so good, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
2: Goodness, you're fast. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm so excited. Today we're going to continue our story, a true story, right? From the book of Isaiah that's in the Old Testament part of the most important book in the whole world that is called?
1: The Bible.
2: Very good. The Bible. Very important. But as you know, Isaiah is a prophet to the kingdom of Judah, right? And he had a vision. Does anybody know what a vision is? Hmm. Close. Kind of like. Um. It's like a dream. It, It's kind of like, um, have you, it, well, you can see something like that's gonna happen in the future. Like, just make something up like a nuclear bomb's gonna go off. No. Just kidding. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, so he did. He saw a vision, and a vision is like a dream, but you are awake, right? And he saw what would happen to the city of Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem was part of, right, the kingdom of Judah. So he saw what would what would happen, right? And he told the people, and he said, this is a warning, right? I know, it's okay. This is a warning, he said, right? God is going to judge Jerusalem, right? because he's going to punish those that are guilty right guess why because the people had turned away from their loving god the one that had rescued them from their enemies the one that had provided for them and taken care of them right and they went and they worshiped idols and other gods from the nations around them isn't that horrible I know, right? Yeah. So because they did this, right, God told them that he would judge the nations also. And then he told, Isaiah told the people of the nation, right, of the kingdom of Judah, that they would be judged too. That their enemies, the Babylonians, would come and capture their city, right? I know, right? You no, know, I can't believe it. Yes, hi. And Isaiah told the people over and over again, repent, guys, right? Repent means that we turn away from the things that we're doing that are not good, right? And we turn towards God. He kept telling them that, right? But guess what? In his vision, he saw that the people would not listen to his warnings, right? Instead, they would go in the streets and go dancing and singing like nothing was going to happen, Isaiah told the people that they would be punished, but he also gave them hope. He told them the Babylonians will capture you and take you away from your land, but I will save you. You will be set free. Isn't that good? God always wanted us and wanted them to listen and obey Him because He has our very best interest at heart. He only wants good for you, right? And in Isaiah 48:18, He tells us and tells them, Oh, that you would have listened to my commands, then you would have peace flowing like a gentle river. Right? And righteousness means right standing with God, right? Righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea, right? God told Isaiah to warn the people of the coming judgment. Did you guys know that a greater judgment is coming? Yeah. Mm mm-hmm. Where God knows, we don't know when. When God, I know, will judge sin for all time, Emily. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, he's going to judge them for all time. There's not going to be any more sin at one point, right? But the good news is that Jesus came to save us from our sins. So everyone, thank you that everyone that right that loves the Lord and follows the Lord, they will be saved from this judgment and they will live with him forever. Isn't that exciting news? I know, that's the good news. Okay, so now we get to say the Bible verse together. Are you guys ready? Okay, nice and loud, okay? After me. Isaiah 48, 18. Isaiah forty eight eighteen. Oh, that you had listened. Oh, that you had listened. Very good. To my commands. To my commands. Then you would have... Had peace, had peace, flowing like a gentle river, like a gentle river. and, righteousness, and righteousness. righteousness, rolling over you, like waves in the sea. Excellent job, boys and girls. That was amazing. Oh no! All oh, my stickers fell down. Oh, I, there,
5: there was a, there was an incomplete pass. <laughs> second down. Oh, Replay. Here, second down. There you
2: go. Thank you. Thank you, baby.
5: This microphone always makes me feel like I can do that. Guys, we are not, not intentional grounding. Uh, intentional grounding. Okay, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for the kids. I'm, I'm being told by the booth that we need to to quiet down. So here, kids, we're going to pray real quick, and then we'll go to Sunday school.
2: Let's bow our heads and sit down. Good job, Lucas. Lucas, good job. All right, guys, ready? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for our kids, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that their love for you will increase lord god that they would know lord god that you truly have their very best interest at heart lord god that they will follow your ways lord god that they will just give your lives their lives to you lord god in jesus name amen amen thank you guys
5: thank you pastor georgina The kids are going to have a very exciting time at Sunday school today. Pumped up for it. And then there's the wave of silence, right? Well, welcome. Long time no see. Just kidding. You just saw me. Um, My my folks are normally up here. Uh, I'm always very excited when I get the opportunity to speak. Uh, they're struggling with amazing mountain sunset views in Arizona and eating out at amazing restaurants every night, just having a terrible time, so uh, <laughs> they send their love. <laughs> no, they're having a blast. They're visiting some dear friends who uh, used to live here and then moved, so hi guys if they're watching. They, they may or may not be watching. They, they watched last night. They usually watch the first two and then they're like, okay, we're done with you, so on the live streams. Um, so yeah, very excited to get to share this weekend. Uh, before we jump into the sermon, we have these church-keeping things that we do. Instead of housekeeping, it's, it's church-keeping. Uh, one of them is this uh, QR code. Uh, I've been calling it little QR code. It's actually very big on those screens. But um, if you open up your phone's camera app and scan that, that'll take you to a link uh, that will send you to a form. And... That form just helps to stay in touch with you, because we just want to get to know you a little better. So if it's your first time here, scan that and get in touch with us. And also, if it's your first time here over in guest services, in between services, we have a little gift for you that's a very nice coffee mug. It's a 2K it's a cup mug. It's, you know, it holds a lot of coffee. So one cup is just not enough in the morning, right? So scan that. We also take this time to encourage our church to be praying for our community and to be praying for our neighbors. We all live on different blocks and, you know, different islands. Uh, So when our church, when we're all praying for our neighbors, we're covering a lot of these islands and the people that live in the homes around yours. So be doing that. And uh, we'll pray corporately for our community together. The Holy Spirit, would you come again as, as you're so faithful to show up? Lord, we we thank you that we live in such an awesome place. Lord, that we we get to see the beauty of your creation every day. It's such a blessing, Lord. So we thank you for how good you are to us. And Lord God, I lift up the people who live on these islands, those who dwell here, those who inhabit these islands. God, bless the people that live in the Florida Keys, that live close to our church and on the neighboring islands, God. Lord, we want to see your kingdom break On our islands, we want to see hundreds upon hundreds and thousands upon thousands come to know you as their Lord and as their Savior. Lord God, let the Florida Keys be a place where your peace is experienced, that even the people visiting God know something's up because your presence is so thick here. And Lord, I lift up the churches that neighbor our church, Lord, that are proclaiming your gospel and advancing your kingdom. God bless them with every resource every provision, and every person that they need to fulfill the mission that you've called them to. Anoint them, God. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing on in our series that we've called The Fight with the Big Red Fist behind me on the LED wall there. The fight. We're we're in the armor of God now, and, uh, and my dad's just such, done such a tremendous job in, in building up to get to this. Uh, in Ephesians uh, chapter six, the verses that we'll read, we see a big therefore in verse thirteen. So we're after the therefore part. Uh, if you need a refresher on what was before the therefore, go back and listen. But it was it was about our place in the spiritual battle and that our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the powers and the principalities. Of this world. So we talked about the, the realms and the spiritual forces, and we've built up now. So now we're at the armor of God, and it's our defense for our part in the spiritual battle. Last week was a tremendous message that my, my father gave about the belt of truth and what the truth really is, and that's Jesus. That Jesus is the truth. The truth is a person, that person is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He makes a very bold statement. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, that Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for him. In order for truth to be true, it has to be true for everyone. And Jesus is the truth. We talked about living lives of integrity. We talked about living by trying to do the next right thing. That's, that's, a, that's one of our catchphrases here. And we try to live lives that please God. This weekend, we'll be talking about the breastplate of righteousness, the next piece in the armor of God and living in his righteousness, but it would be wrong, not righteous, for me to skip over bad jokes, which we've become so accustomed to, I'm contractually obligated. That was a joke too, it was a little bonus. There's no contract, I just show up. <laughs> What's the difference between a mosquito and a fly? You can't sew a zipper on a mosquito.
3: I mean, you'd need a really little needle. You'd need a a microscope,
5: and you know, yeah, I don't think you can do it. This one was from Pastor Billy. He's uh, he's a fellow dad. Sends dad jokes. What do you call someone who steals noodles from the rich and gives them to the poor? Ramen hood. Yes, he'll even include the little seasoning packet too. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Our scripture reading is here on purpose. We do read the Bible at this church, and uh, I've asked my wonderful wife Kimberly to read that for us. So, would you please do so? I don't want to like mess up your ears there.
3: Oh, you're fine. Okay. It's me again. Let's pray. Papa, we praise you because you are the great one, the mighty one, our true safe place. You have never failed us, God. And we know that you never will because trustworthy and faithful are in your nature. Train us to see where you're moving so that we can pray your will and be instruments of your advancing kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me for the reading of the word? Hi, Reed. Our text today is out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
5: So, Armor of God, talking about our next piece in it, which is the breastplate. Of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. That's our first point. And um, I wanted to have is uh, accurate of a graphical representation of what the armor of God might look like. It's going to show up here uh, on these side projectors. Uh, that's not quite the image I thought in my mind. That That is a slightly younger version of me and my, my sister. She's my older sister. Hates it when I say that, but it's true. Um, (laughs) did anybody else have this costume as a kid, or am I the only one who, that was the only costume I could wear uh, for for Halloween until I was like 15, does anybody else have to wear that, no, I I love how one of the the, the, the feet is on backwards there, and the Birkenstocks, it was a good look, (laughs) those are the only shoes I'd wear, and like, yeah, anyway, (laughs) so there's that for that representation there, little. A little blast in the past there, but we read our our passage from earlier, verse fourteen. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness. Um, when Paul was writing, the the Roman soldiers were sort of a big deal back then. Uh, their armor wasn't made out of plastic; uh, it would be made out of you know some heavy metal and. And it would go protect their necks, and it would go down to their thighs. The breastplates were designed to protect the soldiers' hearts. They were there to protect their hearts. And the righteousness of God is what protects our hearts. That's why we wear the breastplate of righteousness. The righteousness of God keeps our hearts tenderhearted and more like his heart. You saw a younger picture of me up there. Uh, I had one sibling, but if I ever did something wrong, I would blame it on my evil twin, Schmuggles. And um, righteousness has an evil twin, and its name is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. And that self-righteousness that we'll be talking about today is what makes us hard-hearted. It puts people down. God's righteousness helps us to be more selfless. And self-righteousness is, will be, make us more selfish. So we're going to be talking about that. That's our second point. His righteousness versus self-righteousness. His righteousness, God's righteousness, versus self-righteousness. Jesus' ministry on earth was, is filled with encounters of him dealing with self-righteous people. The, the religious leaders at the time, they'd hound him because uh, he changed their way. Of thinking. He was challenging it. And Jesus uh, says this parable to a bunch of religious leaders, basically taking them to the mat here. He calls them out. Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus tells them this parable. Okay. So two guys went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other one was a tax collector. The Pharisee goes up and he stands by himself in front of everybody and he prays, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people, these robbers and evildoers and adulterers or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stands up at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beats his chest and he says, God, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. Verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus gives us that pride before the fall deal, right? So he uses uh, the religious leader as an example in this parable, as someone who is self-righteous. He's both arrogant that he's not like other people, and he believes that all the things he does make him better than everyone else as well. So we see this self-righteousness displayed here in in two ways, uh, arrogance and performance. And that arrogance is when you think that you're good enough. Look at me. I'm not like them. I'm better than they are. I do things my way, which is the right way. (laughs) It's arrogance. We see that. Uh, We see the other foot is, is performance. You know, we see the religious leader saying he fasts twice a week, and he, he tithes, and that's, that's good, but it's not what makes him righteous, and that's what we see. Performance, following rules, doing actions without love does not make us righteous. Being a good rule follower without love doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay with God. It's the heart that we see. It's a heart issue. Those who trust in their own righteousness, like that religious leader, look down on others. We see in that passage this Greek word, exothenio, which means to count is nothing. To count others is nothing. This parable is so amazing. Like I said, Jesus calls them to the mat. And Jesus says that the person who's justified, just as if he had not sinned, was the sinner, was the tax collector, because he acknowledged his sinfulness and his unworthiness, and he cries to God for his desperate need for a savior. He asks God for mercy. The person who was justified is not righteous on his own, but he's counted righteous by God. The justified person genuinely cries for mercy and turns away from his sin and turns towards God. And because of that cry, because of his repentance, God takes it. He sees the heart and he counts it as righteousness. He's accepted that person because his heart was set upon God. Self-righteousness is a trap and it's so easy to start thinking that way when our eyes aren't on Jesus. We start judging other people by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Uh, you know, have you ever said something offensive and then you get mad at the person for being offended because you said the qualifier? Well, no offense, but it's a lame qualifier. Yeah. Or maybe you've ever said the apology. Well, I'm sorry you took it that way. See, we want them to judge us. By our intentions, not by our actions. We have to flip that, because that that's our nature, is to judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their actions. We have to reverse that. Yes, we judge ourselves by our actions, but we have to judge other people by their intentions. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus saw past the issues, always does, and he sees the heart. And that's what we're called to do. And that's part of living in his righteousness. That third point, living. In his righteousness. How, how do we do that? How do we do that? We read this passage and this is one of our our cornerstone, keystone verses here that we memorize. You might see that five two one and if you've been here for a while, if you know, you know, we do the, the thing, we encourage you guys to be thankful. Five things, encourage two people, one lost child back that 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 comes from this verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god god made jesus who was sinless to take on our sin so that through him and his sacrifice we can be right with god righteousness can be defined as being right with god we do our best to live this out before the world we get right with god through christ john wimber Uh, was the founder of the Vineyard Movement. In case you didn't know, uh, the the Vineyard, we call ourselves a movement. It's an association of churches. There's a bunch of vineyards all throughout this country and all throughout the world. John Wimber was the founder, and uh, he was a great speaker. Uh, But he said it so well. He said it like this, that when he just focused on not sinning, he would just sin more. Couldn't, Couldn't stop thinking about it. But when he kept his eyes on Jesus... He wouldn't even think about sinning anymore. It's that simple. We have to keep our focus on Jesus. We love Jesus. We pursue him. That's how we get rid of our mess. It starts by loving him. We know that we're not perfect. Like, I get it. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm a very broken individual. And even on the times where I feel like I'm getting it right, I don't want to be judgmental. So, Lord, help us all to keep our eyes on you and to avoid pointing the fingers of judgment. Here's another encounter uh, that Jesus has that we're going to look at, and uh, we'll see what living in his righteousness looks like. And this is from the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 4. This is Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, uh, and and we'll read it here. Verse 7, When a Samaritan woman came up to draw water, Jesus says to her, Will you give me drink. Verse 8 in parentheses, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Just imagine they go to, you know, local gas station, get some Slim Jims or whatever. Verse 9, there's some more parentheses at the end of this. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. There were some bloodline issues. There was rivalry. did These two groups of people did not like each other. Verse 10, Jesus answers her, if you knew, if you only knew the gift of God and who, it's at, who it is that's asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you only knew, if you only knew the gift of God, this living water that he has, this, this promise of eternal life, his grace for our brokenness. And he's saying, all you have to do is ask me for it, and it will be given to you. Jesus is telling this Samaritan woman that God's dealings with humanity are on the basis of grace. God deals with us through grace. That's really good news. Yeah. It's not a, a task list. We, can't, we don't have to perform all these things in a specific way. There's not this giant rule book that we have to follow perfectly, and if we mess up a little bit, we're kicked out. It's not like that. God's dealings with humanity are on the basis of grace. Our relationship with God is not about what we do, but on what God is so willing to do for us. The Samaritan woman in that story had her issues. She was outcast by her community. She had a reputation. People put labels on her just one of those. Go on. She was such an easy target for the self-righteous to dismiss and condemn. But see, Jesus sees people differently. He sees them through this lens of grace. He sees the beauty of people's potential. He looks past the sin and he sees the heart. Jesus does not condone sin. He never has, never will. But he doesn't let their sin be the focus. He does not label people By their sin. He knows them by name. He knows their heart. That's so important to know. That we're we're not our sins. We're not our mistakes. We're not our mess ups. We're who we are in Christ. Jesus was able to see the beauty of people's potential because he exemplified the grace filled life. Jesus loved people. And the people around him knew it. Simply being around Jesus and experiencing him made people want to change their lives. They wanted to deal with their brokenness. They wanted to turn away from their sins and to live lives that please God. They respond to his amazing love, which is what true righteousness looks like, because his true righteousness is displayed in love. It doesn't take sin lightly, but it understands that people are only healed from their brokenness as they engage in a relationship with Jesus. And what's cool about that passage that we read is that Samaritan woman leaves that encounter knowing who Jesus is. And then leads other people to know Jesus as well. One encounter with Jesus changes the world. It changes our hearts. We have to know that we all desperately need the grace of God. That's our, that's our fourth point. We all desperately need the grace of God. It's by it's by God's grace that we're able to have this relationship with Him, that we're able to be saved from our sin, and have a chance at eternal life. And, and my dad mentioned last week that you know it's like it's twenty twenty two. People expect the options, and you know uh, there might be folks who get mad that there's only one way. And, and what did he say? What do you say? We have to be thankful that there is a way to the Father. It's so amazing that there's a way. We can't get there on our own. We can't perform well. We're not... We don't get to heaven because we're better than everyone. It's only because of God's grace. Paul writes this in the letter of Galatians uh, chapter 2. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law... Christ died for nothing. I'm going to read that again. It's an amazing passage. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If we don't get our constant need for grace, what happens? We become self-righteous and judgmental. That was a hallmark of the Pharisees, where they don't care about people, where they count them is nothing. We see today when, when the church is is judgmental, when the church is self righteous, it, it gets shoved in a box on Sundays. But I want to encourage us the love that Jesus has for his children cannot be silenced by anything. It always rings true. His love always comes through and it always will. We avoid being judgmental. We avoid this self-righteousness that's such a hazard. We cannot practice that exothenio. We cannot look down on others. While they may be sinners, they're certainly not beyond God's forgiveness. We stand against the schemes of the enemy on behalf of our, our neighbors and our families by becoming the righteousness of God. We do that by understanding our desperate need for a savior in loving others with his extravagant love, he's so faithful to give. He never fails, never has, never will. I'd encourage us all to keep equipping this armor of God, this righteousness that protects our hearts, that keeps our hearts tender, that sees people with the beauty of their potential, not with their labels. Holy Spirit, would you come again Lord, would you start ripping off labels? Would you fill our hearts, God, with, with your love and your grace and use our church as a path for others to know your love, God? Lord, turn us away from our sin. We repent of it in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to avoid the, the judgment that we feel on others when they don't, you know, do things our way. Lord, help us to avoid the trap of self-righteousness, that evil twin. And Lord, set our eyes on you above all else, God. We want our focus to be on you because we love you. We don't want it to be some task thing. We don't want to be guilted into it. God, we just want to love you because you're so good and because you're so amazing. Lord, continue to show your mighty power through our church. We want to see you move more and more and more, God. We ask for healings. We ask for breakthrough. We ask for your presence more and more. Our ministry team is going to start heading over to the ministry team wall. If you all need prayer for anything, our ministry team there is there to stand with you and pray with you. We're praying for healing. We believe that God still heals. So if you need healing for anything, they'll pray for you over there. You need prayers for, for intercession, you know, I'll go over there get some prayer. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, they'd be happy to lead you through that prayer today. It is the best decision that you'll ever make. You're good, Lord. We love you, and we, we thank you so much for this time together. Stir up our hearts to you. Help us to keep our focus on you always, God. church, uh, I want to say thank you for your amazing generosity and partnering with us. Your, your partnership with our church enables us to do lots of really cool outreaches and, and support some mission work, and it keeps the day-to-day functions of this church going. So we, we thank you for your amazing generosity, and if you're interested in partnering with us, the info is on there and on the app as well. Let's, uh, let's sing the doxology, and I think we'll be... All set. You guys ready? Praise God from... Nicely done. And may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you, and may he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people. So we get one lost child. Back to dad. I don't know what the weather's like right now. Uh, It's supposed to be rainy, so if you do decide to go fishing, catch some fish, hope well, your team wins. Go Dolphins. See you later. Goodbye. An Online church, thank you so much for joining us. Keep sharing our stream. We, we appreciate it when you do that. We, we love you guys. Uh, next week, uh, my dad's back. He'll be talking about the feet fitted, ready in the gospel of peace. Going to be a good one. You won't want to miss it. So we'll see you soon. Woo!